You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. How we doing? It is good to be back with y'all, man. I've missed y'all. Wow. I learned something. Isolation is terrible. It's awful. It's amazing. I mean, really, three weeks, kind of just Heather and I, I think the biggest side effect was driving her crazy. And, uh, but I, my symptoms were very mild. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for just loving on us. And I'm, I, I've just got to tell you, you know, we think about how tough it is to be alone and, and what the gathering, what family coming together does for us. And, and this, I need this, y'all. I need you. I think you need me. I don't care if you do or not, but I need you. And, and I'm just, man, I, I missed you, and I missed getting to, to be in, with each other, and I missed getting to be on your screen. I'm, you know, this tall or this, depending on what kind of TV you're watching, right? You know, it might be this tall if you're watching on a phone. But I'm so glad to be back with you, and uh, it's, it's just awful. And, and I think just that really showed me this year more than anything else in this year that, that we need each other. You know, there's, there's a value of those relationships and those connections that goes beyond uh, our four walls of our house. And, and the church, man, we're designed to be a functioning body. And it just, and God just really was, was teaching me a lot about, about the church and about um, how we need each other. And so um, it's good stuff. We're in the Christmas season, y'all. It's here. It is here. And, and it's coming fast. And if you, you better start shopping now. I mean, so the good thing is it is all, you can do it all online. It is a beautiful thing. I love it. Now, I, I love coming to church and I love being with my church family, but I don't like going to the stores. That, that's just chaos. It's a difference in heaven and hell, y'all. I mean, it is, it's that crazy. You know what I think is, I think, I think needs to stay. And I might, I might really offend some of y'all, but I think Black Friday needs to be like this way all the time. Because it is chaos. I don't think anybody got trampled to death this year. I mean, it's just, we had a safe Black Friday. I don't know, but I, I think we just need to take some lessons from that. But it is Christmas time. We've got a ton of Christmas services that we, we have in the hopper coming up for Christmas weekend. And um, we actually have the flexibility based on, you know, if we have to limit capacities down or, or what that looks like where we can, we can add more services. So uh, we are going to start, I think next week we start registration for Christmas Eve services and those start on Saturday, I think the 19th, was that two weeks from today, y'all? Two weeks from today, we're starting our Christmas weekend. And, and so Saturday the 19th, Sunday the 20th, and then we have service. I think we got a graphic, don't we? We got um, services on Christmas Eve, three services on Christmas Eve, and then we are going to, uh, if we need to add more, we'll add more. Um, all of those will be online. So if you're in an online context and in our online campus format, if you're spread out around the country, if you're traveling, um, you can still tune in. And so we've got multiple services uh, and, and then I want to make you aware of one thing that we're doing. Because we're doing 5 billion services between now and Christmas Eve, uh, 
I, I, I want my staff here in 2021, and I want volunteers to come back in 2021. So December 26th, 27th, we're not going to have on-campus gathering. We'll have, uh, it'll all be online. So all that is, is remember back in April when we all watched it online? We're going to do a throwback and just, hey, that's what we're going to do. And, and I'm giving my staff that week off, and so our volunteers that week off because we're doing uh, so much. So. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So all I can say about 2020, I mean, we've had all kinds of things to say about 2020 and 2020, right? And then this time of year, I was praying like, God, what do you want, how do you want us to approach Christmas? What do you want us to say? And just the statement came to my mind is this, that, that all you can do is put a bow on it, right? It is what it is. The wrapping has been wrapped. We may not like the wrapping, but all we got to do is put a bow on it because it's it, it, here. We got to deal with it, right? And, and, and here's what I want to say: that God has shown me so so beautifully Himself over this year that that the wrapping of 2020 may may look awful, but the gift has been wonderful. Because I don't know if you're like me, but but 2020 has brought me closer into the heart of God, not just as a pastor. But, but as, as a man, he's brought me closer into his heart because I've, I've, I've had to say all these paradigms and all the structure that we get comfortable in and that we depend on, when that's gone, where do we go? And God says, you come to me. You draw into me. And, I, and it's just the sweet presence of God this year has been more tangible than any time I've felt it in my life. And it's one of those years where it's like, all I can do is walk on faith. I don't know how to predict anything. I don't know how to plan for, for everything. All I can do is say, God, I trust you. I believe this is what you've called us to do, and we're going to walk in that. I mean, Exodus 33, Moses said, unless you go with this, God, I'm not moving. That is my heart with God. If you're not going to lead me, I'm not moving. If you're not moving, I'm not moving. And if the peace of God isn't ruling and reigning in my heart for decisions, then I'm not making the decision. And you know what? It's helped. This year has stripped away all the fluff where we can come back to and say, this is what I've been looking for. And every one of us are looking for something. I mean, you may be on that search. You might have your, your wish list and you're on the search for that perfect gift. And you know, some, some of y'all, a lot of time with quarantine with your family, you've come up with some real good gift ideas, right? Like, like the, I'm going to get some, some new deodorant because I'm tired of smelling them. You know, I'm going to get them. How about some earplugs, you know? You're, you're on the search for something. And I, I want to look at, I wanna look at uh, the search for Jesus. And I want to look at the wise men and take from the Christmas story a little bit. So go to Matthew chapter 2. And I want to look at these men, the, the magi or the, the three wise men. And, and I, want to, I want to look at, at what happens when we find that perfect gift and what it does. And really, as I've reflected back on this year... Um, what it's done in my life. And, and so Matthew chapter two uh, says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in, of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, his prophet Micah. Um, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. 
For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So these men uh, see a star rise. And they start following it. And, and there's several theories around this. And, and we have this in, the, in Scripture for a purpose. And there's, there's man's theories about, how, about these wise men, really, that they believe that might be, some believe they might be Jews who remained in Babylon after the exile back in the Old Testament. And they knew the prophecy. So if they, were, if they were Jews already in Babylon from the exile, they would have known the Old Testament. They would have known Micah 5 too. They would have known that there's a Messiah coming and that he's going to be born in Bethlehem in Judea. In Judah. Some scholars believe they're Eastern astrologers that were studying the stars but also had ancient manuscripts of prophecy. So when they saw the two connect, they're like, let's follow that. Because if this prophecy is true, this is a big deal. And, and, and so some believe that. Some believe that they may have had a special, special message from God about Jesus' birth, it, really an angelic visit, you know, and that, that was not uncommon in this time because an angel appeared to Mary. Remember, fear not. You know, an angel appeared to Joseph. An angel appeared to the shepherds on the night Jesus was born. So it's not outside of the realm to think that angels may have visited these three men and said, hey, I bring you good news of great joy too. Unto you is born this day, and just the same thing, the message, the, the message the angel gave to the shepherds. But re- regardless of where you stand, the, the, the beauty is that they're coming from a different land, and, and I believe it has a representation of the world coming to bow before Jesus, because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. And I, I mean, Jesus is, he, he's probably about one to two years old when, the, when the, the wise men finally show up. But already then, and even just the night he was born, he is already drawing men unto himself. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that, that we talk about, like, you know, church marketing, right? You know, should we do a mailer? Should we do advertising and stuff? And here's, here's our number one church marketing strategy. We take it straight from the Bible. Jesus said, if you lift me up, I'll draw people unto myself. So what we decided, instead of all this marketing and stuff, how about we worship? Because as we worship the king, as we lift up the name of Jesus, as we glorify him, you know what he does? He says, I want people to experience that. And that's how that, he draws them in. So he's drawing in these, these wise men. And Matthew, this is the gospel of Matthew. And, and Matthew wrote the entire gospel for this, this theme to show that Jesus is the king over the world. So you already have these wise men coming from a foreign land to worship the king. They wanted to see him. They wanted to worship. And then Herod, Herod is not excited about this. Herod's the king. There's really four like, political districts for Israel at this time. And Herod is, kind of, is king over all four of those. And already you see uh, a threatening of power of the religious authority. I mean, Jesus is, at this point, probably a toddler, like one or two, still, I mean, still young, and he's already, the king is already threatened by the king. So it says this in verse 7, then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. So Herod is already, already positioning himself. 
He's he's using the wise men to find Jesus. He has no intention of worship. Because see, here's the thing. If you're wrapped up in a religious structure, Jesus is going to be threatening to that. Because a lot of times, and it may not, it may not be a religious structure, it may be kind of what you've concocted as a faith structure outside of Christ. Because look at, look at the world around us. I mean, when, we, when you talk about heaven, when you talk about getting to heaven, the, the worldview seems to be that all roads lead to heaven. And the worldview seems to be, I'm not a bad person. That the worldview will tell us that, that people are inherently by nature good. The biblical view gives us the truth that says that we are all born under under sin. We're all born under a penalty of death. We're all born broken and need of a savior. And that Jesus said, it's not all the roads, man. It is me and me alone. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one gets to the father. No one gets to heaven except through me. So you've got to bow before Jesus. And that messes with our religious systems. And that messes with a faith structure that puts us at the center of our life. And it's always going to threaten us. Because what we like is power and control. I want the power to make my own decisions, and I want to be able to control my own outcomes. And it is really, I mean, Heather said it beautifully last night when she was preaching a sign. I was watching online. It was awesome. I was like, I didn't have to dress up or anything, and it was, it was beautiful. But I'm watching my baby teach, and she can throw it down with the Word of God, y'all. For those of y'all that saw it, man, she is, she is good. She is a hero of mine. But she said this, control is an illusion. And immediately when she said that, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning on the island because I got some food going. I'm leaning on the island when she says that. And I immediately said, you infantile egomaniac. Because that's what Nicole Kidman said to Tom Cruise in Days of Thunder when she said, you want control? Control is an illusion, you infantile egomaniac. And I don't know why I just finished that out. There is stuff in my head that it just comes out and I can't do anything about it, but just let it rip, right? And so there it goes. But any time, any time Jesus comes in, he's going to threaten our control. So what do we do? We release control. He's going to threaten our, our power structure. So what do we do? We yield to him. We, we humble ourselves to him. So the wise men finally show up. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. (laughs) They traveled thousands of miles. Following this star. And they finally got to the place where Jesus was. And all of a sudden the glory and the presence of even Jesus as a child, they fell at his feet and they worshiped him. It's a beautiful scene. And then, then they brought him gifts. Now, these are gifts I don't think you would want to give to a child who's one or two years old, but these are gifts fitting for a king. These are gifts fitting for the king of kings. So they bring him treasures. They offered him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. They went home, they went home different, but I'll tell you, they went home changed. And these gifts that they brought, when I say they're fitting for a king, gold is a gift for royalty. If you're going to meet royalty, you bring a gift of gold. The, The frankincense is a gift for a deity. So they recognize, hey, 
we're meeting a king and we're meeting God. And the third one is interesting because it's really very prophetic. The myrrh is a spice used to anoint a body for burial. You know, okay, some of y'all are looking for gifts right now. I'm not going to say names on our staff, but, but one of our staff members, I was watching her sit in the commons area this week, and she was hitting refresh and refresh and refresh on a page because something was out of stock, and, and, and she was trying to, get, they were having a shipment drop at like 11 p.m. Central. She's hitting refresh, trying to get it. She is looking for that gift, right? And she's like, I just, I, you, know, you need the Lord's help, man. You need the Lord's help. She, she was telling me that there's, there's computer programs that are programmers that create these automatic programs that as soon as that drops, they can go in and get all the quantity. Then they sell it to us for three times the price. But some of y'all are looking for gifts and you're like, God, I need your help with this gift. You see God's hand in these gifts. He prepares these wise men. He goes, hey, you're going to meet a king. You're going to meet the Lord. And he is the savior of the world and he is the sacrificial lamb who will give his life for us. And they brought everything to show Jesus that they knew who he was. And then they go home changed. They found what they were looking for. And when we find what we're looking for, ultimately we're looking for, and that's Jesus, it changes everything about our life. It changes everything. And when I, when I look, at, look at the journey these, these wise men were on, you know, it, it, it changed them. When they finally got to Jesus, it wasn't they wanted to tell Mary the story of their travel. They didn't come in and say, yo, Herod's looking for you. They came in and in the presence of God, they fell on their face and they worshiped. And what happens is, is when we meet Jesus, when we encounter Jesus, when we really find what we're looking for in Christ, it sparks worship. And it, it, just, it just ignites it. Because we finally, everything we're created for, because you and I are created for worship. Just, just look at all the things we put in front of us to worship. Give me something to worship. Give me that next thing. And then if, if, it's a, if, it's a, if it's a thing, if it's a tangible thing, when we finally get that, we, we, we realize I've worshiped the process of getting that more than I really like that. That didn't fulfill me. So what's next? And we start moving on. What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? But when we finally find what the object and the affection and the wiring of our life and our spirit and our soul connects with Jesus, and we can finally worship the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the sacrificial lamb who gave his life on a cross for us, it ignites this worship that's unstoppable. And it's not just you know, celebrating a score for our team. It, it is finding ourselves in the presence of a holy God and realizing just like Isaiah, oh no, I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm a dead man. But yet the grace of God is poured out on us and we just can't contain it. It just moves us. And I can't stop rejoicing. I can't stop worshiping. And they fall down and says, here it is. Look, I believe 2020, we all had a different plan for what it should look like. But let me ask you this. How's your worship? Has, has, has all the craziness of this year, has it hindered your worship? Or has it driven you farther into the heart of God? 
Because all of these things that we think bring security and bring calm and bring sense to the world around us, when those things fall, when that structure falls and we're left, we're left with what do we have, we, we, we should be looking for Jesus. And when we find him, it, we draw into the heart, man. And our worship, listen, we should be worshiping at 11 now. Because we've seen the faithfulness of God throughout this year. I know some of y'all got past. God, where were you when I was growing up? God, where were you when this happened? But let me ask you, look at this year objectively and let God frame that with a lens of faith and grace and tell me you haven't seen God do incredible things this year. I mean, just, just looking at what he's done in the church. I, I, I'm in awe. What he's done in my family, what he's done, what he has done with relationships and this refining that he's brought to the church, it's just been absolutely incredible. And we can't look back and long for 2019 and make that a romantic thing. We can't think that January 1, 21 is going to change everything. Look, the calendar changes, it's going to change. Happens as every, happens every 24 hours. But this may not change for a while. But you can. Is, think, about, think about the journey that these, these wise men were on. They stayed focused. I don't know. When, when they saw the star appear, there's the star. That's what's been prophesied. Or however, they, maybe an angel came and visited them. Maybe God visited them in a dream. However, we got to follow that star. And, and thousands of miles walking, and you wonder, hey, we've gone 10 steps. Are we there yet? We've walked for 12 months. Are we there yet? Some scholars believe Jesus might have been too. We've walked for 24 months. Are we there yet? Listen, I don't know when we'll walk out of this whole issue that we're in. I don't know when we'll walk out of pandemic, but let, let, me, let me just say this, that the world is not going to lead us closer to Jesus. And what you focus on is going to always take you away from Jesus unless you're focusing on Jesus himself. Yes. And so I can't tell you how many more steps it's going to be. I can't tell you how many more months. I can't tell you how... Maybe how many more years? But here's what I can tell you is it's the faithfulness of God at work in our life. And when we encounter Jesus, and we don't have to get to the end of the journey to encounter Jesus. His presence is right here. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. When he was ascended into heaven, he said, it's better that I go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who's your comforter, who's your helper. He will lead you into all truth. He will convict the world of sin concerning righteousness. We always have the presence of God so we can always be in that attitude of worship, no matter what kind of stuff is going on around us, no matter how many steps, no matter how tired we are, there's goodness in the grace of God and the presence that draws us in through worship. And Herod wanted to steal that. And that's the same for us. I don't know about you, but there's always something trying to steal my worship. I mean, I, I get focused on God. I mean, just even my quiet time. I mean, do y'all struggle with your quiet time? I mean, I get into quiet time and 
And I'll turn on worship music, and I'll, I start praying, I start praising, I start worshiping, and all of a sudden I'm like, Adam needs to do this song. Like that, I've been worshiping to to song uh, um, uh, lately, and, and 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 like the bridge, man, is just amazing. And 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 I'm worshiping, and all of a sudden, I come out of that worship. I'm like, oh, the tech team needs to do this song this way. You know, or, or you get in, and you think, man, I've got to make these calls. Look, everything. The enemy is going to send everything to try to steal our worship. And we, listen, we got to go home a different way, y'all. We're going to walk a different way. So it ignites worship. It sparks worship. And then it produces joy. When we find Jesus, it produces joy. In verse 10, it says, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I mean, that, that's Matthew trying to make a point. Hey, did you pick that? They rejoiced exceedingly. And what did they rejoice exceedingly with? With great joy. That is, that, that's a lot of joy. That's like Paul when he wrote in Philippians 4. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. I mean, this, this joy that is produced, it, it, how excited we get when we find that perfect gift, right? If you're like me, I find a perfect gift for Heather, and I can't wait to give it to her. I mean, hey, you want to open one now? It's December 5th. You want to open a present now? You want to open one 20 days early? Ooh, 20 days, y'all. That just hit. You got real. I got to do some shopping. <laughs> Look, see, when Jesus was born, you know, Herod's there. It's a tough political time. Much like today, right? So 2,000 years, we see that hasn't changed. But the joy of the Lord, even in difficulty, even in trial. We can rejoice in the Lord sometimes. No. He says rejoice in the Lord always. I may not rejoice for 2020, but I can rejoice in it. I don't know. I mean, I kind of get a little gun shot because I, I don't know what 21 is going to be. I don't, I don't know if I want to open that door or not. <laughs> but I can still rejoice in it. Because the joy of the Lord isn't based on the circumstances around me. It's based on the power of the Holy Spirit and what he's producing in me. And he produces this joy and he produces it. And it's not just this fleeting feeling. It is a fulfillment of what the Holy Spirit produces in us. And it produces this joy. And then just finding Jesus changes our direction. They went home a different way. The wise men said, okay, we're going we're to have to go home a different way because we're not going to go back and encounter Herod. I love road trips. I, I just love road trips. And, and, and Heather's parents own some property in West Central Texas, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've been out there. And I love going out there, but I like finding new ways to get there because I like driving. I don't like, no, when I say I like road trips, I hate highways. But I like the two-lane country roads. Yep, you might get stuck behind a tractor, but eventually you'll get around them. But I love driving through the country. I just, it's relaxing to me. It is beautiful. And so whenever we go somewhere, Heather's always like, what are you doing? I'm looking for a different way home. Because I saw that, right? I want to see something different. These wise men, it, God changed their direction. They went home different. Listen to this. 2020 has changed us. 
and we got to do things different. I'm grateful for my staff because in a matter of hours, they implemented changing ministry. Spring break, we're on conference calls. We didn't even have a Zoom account yet, I don't think. We got a conference thing that you dial in, like, hey, Matt's here, okay. And I remember talking on that conference bridge and saying, all right, this is Wednesday of spring break. I was like, we're going to have to take this day by day and make decisions, see what's coming down. We get on the phone Thursday. I was like, look, this is hour by hour. Friday, we got to do everything different. And my staff never complained about it. They just said, we've got to get the gospel to the people, and we will figure out the way to do it. And it's changed the way we do some things. Directionally, we've changed. Some of y'all's jobs have directionally changed. The way we do things in culture and society now has directionally changed. But let me tell you something. Jesus always changes us directionally. Because we were on one path. We were all headed. Jesus said, wide is the path that leads to destruction, right? And we're all on We're born on that path. Every one of us are headed to hell. And Jesus, because of his mercy and his grace through the sacrifice and the finished work of the cross, that when we come in and we find him and we bow before him and we humble ourselves, he changes direction even on that road, that I'm no longer bound for destruction. I'm no longer bound for hell, but I am bound for the eternal glory that is bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Then if I share in his sufferings, I will share in his glory. And I have this hope inside of me. And directionally, my life is going a different way because of everything Jesus has done. An experience with Jesus is always going to change us. I was dead, headed to death, now I'm alive. I was selfish, now I'm generous. I was prideful and he's humbled me, man, and I choose to walk in humility. I was bound up, now I'm free. I was blind, I mean, just, it's what we sing. I was blind, but now I see. So we're trying, God is constantly trying to say, look, when I get a hold of you, I change everything and I start moving you in a different direction where the world says, go this way. Jesus said, look, that's going to be fun for a moment, but it's going to come up empty, but I never leave you. I never fail you. And you go this way and I'm going to lead you into fulfillment. I'm going to lead you into joy. I'm going to lead you into satisfaction. I'm going to lead you into contentment. I'm going to lead you into worship. I'm going to lead you into all of the things that you have been trying to find on your own that only you will find through following me. And he says, look, I'm going to change your life and we're going to go home a different way. I don't know how I'm going to get there, whether he comes back or I pass through that threshold of death, but I know I'm going home a different way. I'm going to a new home and I'm going a way that I haven't ever been before. And all that, just even think about that, man, I'm in sparking worship in me right now and joy. I'm getting fired up. And these are directional changes. So I just want to ask you, what direction is your life heading? What, what flow of 2020 has taken your life in a direction you don't want to be in? And can I tell you that God is just as good? He's just as faithful. And listen, listen. He wants to reveal himself to you just as much as he real, real, revealed himself to these wise men. Because he wants to connect with you. He wants you to come into his presence. He wants you to seek him. And he wants you to bow before him and humble yourself unto him as king, as Lord, as the Savior who paid for your sin. 
Because all of these things aren't just these ethereal ideas. This worship and joy and a directional shift in life isn't just a theory that we like to talk about. It is proven. How can I prove it to you? My life is a living testimony of it. You ask anyone in here who has placed their faith, hope, and life in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and they will tell you that my worship has been lit on fire, that there's this joy, this unspeakable joy, this uncontainable joy that I just, I don't know. I mean, life can be tough, but yet the joy of the Lord is my strength and I stand on it. And man, my life was going this way, and because of Jesus, it's going this way. That's the testimony that he gives us by the blood of the Lamb and the power of a testimony. That's how we overcome it. And let me tell you something. That's how we overcome everything. That's how we overcome a pandemic. That's how we overcome job loss. Some of y'all, you're you're facing divorce right now. That you thought the quarantine was going to help your marriage and it's driven a wedge in it. Some of y'all, your kids, you haven't been able to speak to your kids. Look, you haven't been able to see family members all year. Look, I I know that pain. I got to hold my, my newborn grandson in March. And I'm not going to get to see him again until next summer. So I know that pain. Because the, the pandemic has shut down the border to where they can't even get home for Christmas. They live in Canada, if you don't know. They live in the east coast of Canada. Both my son-in-law and daughter are in ministry in Canada. And they don't get to come home for Christmas. Some of y'all haven't seen family members. Some of y'all haven't seen family members and had family members pass away during this. And you haven't, got to, you haven't even got to mourn their death. You haven't got to have a service for them or say the final goodbye. Look, it has been a difficult year. And all I can tell you is put a bow on it. And the wrapping may look terrible. But the gift, the presence of God is still at work in all of that chaos. And he never, never gives up. Press in. Take another step towards Jesus. Take another step. Because here's the thing. They traveled thousands of miles, but Jesus always comes and closes the distance on us. When I turn and I humble myself to him immediately, he says, I'm here. And let's do this. Don't miss this opportunity. I just want to invite you to humble yourself before Jesus. If you'd close your eyes, bow your heads, and in this room and online, just whatever environment you're in, just, just I want you to picture yourself in front of Jesus. And humbling yourself before the King of Kings, who is worthy of the gold the Lord of lords who's worthy of the frankincense and the Savior, the King of kings and Lord of lords that went to the cross on your behalf. He's worthy of the myrrh. And I'm just inviting you to humble your heart before him and say, Jesus, I worship you and you alone. Jesus, I need joy. I've tried to create happiness, but I need joy. I need something that goes beyond circumstances. I need something that goes deeper than my emotions. I need joy in the depth of my soul. 
And I'm asking you to change the direction that my life is heading. I'm asking you, Jesus, to be my king. I'm asking you to be my Lord. I'm asking you, Jesus, to be my savior. And from this moment, I believe that you save me. I ask you to forgive me. And you make me new. You change my direction. You change my entire life. And I commit to walk in your life and go the direction you call me to. I believe you've done that for me right now in this moment. And I worship you forevermore. And I look forward to worshiping you more. And that worship growing deeper as our relationship grows. God, I just thank you for these gifts that are yours. I thank you for salvation. I thank you that we may walk a thousand miles and you're with us every step of the way. That that star you showed the wise men was a sign of your presence that you're leading us. And God, I'm just asking you to bring leadership into lives right now. For those that are just wondering, those that are lost, I'm praying right now that you just light it up for them. Jesus, you just make it as real, as real, as real as possible so that that revelation of you changes everything about them. We love you. We thank you. We still humble ourselves before you and pursue you in the beautiful, powerful, precious name of Jesus, I pray this. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. God bless y'all. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at